Final Cut 10 is for if you need something really fast. It is great if you have your shortcut keys memorized, you're on a Mac, and it's native. It is crazy fast. If you want something for like an engineer kind of brain, I think Premiere will work fine for you. If you want something that to me is more conducive to creating art, then I think you should use Resolve. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Hello, video heads. Is, is video head a thing? Is that a word? Oh, never mind. Welcome to the Wedding Video Boss Podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative and a sneak peek into my world, my very interesting world as a wedding videographer. I'm your host, Paul Santiago. And today, I just got to tell you, I came back from NAB in Las Vegas. If you don't know what NAB is, it's um, the National Association of Broadcasters Convention in Las Vegas. And every big, small company in the world is there to serve the film industry and including, you know, the wedding videographers. So I stumbled upon DaVinci Resolve. I always knew about DaVinci, but I've never tried it at all. So they had a demo on the floor. And to my surprise, it was pretty good. I I gotta tell you, it was super. So when I came back, I scoured the internet, looked for someone who has transitioned from Final Cut, Adobe, and now DaVinci, and he is here on the show today. This guy is just going to... He pretty much convinced me to move, so I won't delay any longer. Let's start the show. Dan DeZago fell into video production during his freshman year of college back in 2001. After time at the New York Film Academy, Armed with a degree in marketing, he decided to take his love of video work and solving problems for clients full-time in the fall of 2011. Since then, alongside with his wife Erin and their four boys, they have built a wedding production company that specializes in shooting photography and cinematography for clients that want their wedding deliverables to look cohesive and tell a unified story that will last for generations. In the wee hours of the morning, he can usually... <laughs> He can usually be found playing Destiny 2 or streaming from his Plex server while enjoying a Mexican Coke or a glass of homemade cold brew coffee. Friends, help me in welcoming Dan DeZago. Hey, Dan. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. Appreciate it. So I'm really excited because I just came back from NAB. At the time we're recording this, this is uh, 2019, and I just came back from NAB 2019, and I went through the floor... And I saw Black Magic, and I, and then I saw Da Vinci Resolve, and I've scoured the internet for an expert for this. That actually, because I I was talking to a rep, and they were saying, because I was asking them, is there like a wedding person that I could talk to about Da Vinci Resolve? Because I don't, I just don't want to jump ship, and you know, I need a personal account of something. And they're like, no, we don't have like an official one. So I went through Facebook and all of these groups and your name popped up all the time. And I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to contact this guy. And (laughs) so I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. So before we start, I would like to break the ice for the listeners. So if you could tell us something about yourself that people probably, probably don't know about you. Sure. Um, 
you know, I, I think I hide it pretty well, but I was actually, uh, I was actually homeschooled through 11th grade. Um, so that's, that's something that a lot of people don't know. And then, you know, just on normal life, you know, I've got, I've got a wife and I've actually got four boys. Um, so my life is loud and crazy and that's, uh, you know, kind of why we do our own business is so that we can spend time with our kids. Um, on a personal side, I run a large video game clan. Um, we specialize in, you know, destiny, but we support a bunch of other games, uh, but it's geared specifically for like dads and families. So we have a lot of like dads who play with their kids or, you know, grandpas who play with their kids. It's, it's a pretty fun group. So I, I like doing that. I've been doing that for like five years on the, on the side. So. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do. Man, I can't imagine myself. Like I can't imagine imagine myself in your situations with two things: being homeschooled. My mom's a teacher, so I can't imagine <laughs> having my mom teach me every day. I'm I'm probably gonna go crazy. And I have a brother. I can't imagine having four boys and just trying to take care of them because I have a nephew and a niece, and that's I'm like that's enough for me. We're we're okay with just two. And then my sister has a baby, so now we have three. I can't imagine rallying four kids. It is uh, it is a lot. It is loud. It is crazy. Um, they're ages nine through three right now. So, oh wow! Um, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty young and but evenly spaced, and they're kind of now starting to get to the point where I can start to do you know more like fun stuff with the older ones. So. Um, you know, so we play video games together. I've got them all indoctrinated into Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we, we do a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. They're getting to be like the more like fun age, not that the younger ages aren't fun, but, um, I like kids when they can actually have conversations and things. So I know. Yeah. I feel like that's why, that's why you ended up here doing Da Vinci and, um, getting into another yeah. business ventures because you want to spend yeah. more time with, with the kids. And that's totally. the same. The same happened with me. Like uh, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, oh, my, my niece is eight and my nephew is five. And then we have a baby. And I feel like they're going to – because before when they were babies, when there's like a birthday or something, it's usually during the weekend. And I'm like, they're not going to remember us. So let's just work, 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 work for like four or five mm -hmm. straight years. And now they're like – Uncle Paul, where were you? And I'm like, oh crap, we need to yeah. we need to show up a little bit more. So, yep. <laughs> congratulations on that decision. It's okay. a really really good decision. So, now I want to ask you to give like a quick backstory. What's your origin story? What got you into sure. your business and what you're up to right now? Sure. Yeah. Let me. Gosh, my origin story. I got into I got into video kind of backwards. Um, you know, I'm I'm old enough where uh, YouTube wasn't a thing when I went to college. Um, you know, it was the Wild West days of the internet. Everybody was on Napster and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, if you knew how to do that kind of thing, you were like the super techie guy or whatever. Um, you know, you could just go across your entire school network and just take everybody's files off their computers because they didn't know what was going on. Um, not that I did that, but if you did, if you knew about that kind of stuff, you were techie. So I had a friend that came over to my room and he's like, Hey, you've got a camera and a Mac. Can you make me a video? Um, he was the president of a student council group or whatever. And I'm like, uh, 
I guess. I've never done that before. He's like, you'll do fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So I made one for him. We promoted it in um, like the student assembly group. And they had four times as many people show up because we made a little promo video for their thing. And I was like, well, that's cool. So that turned into the other student organizations wanting stuff. And in that spring semester, I mean, I was charging like 50 bucks. I was like, hey, I don't know anything about what I'm doing. So you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, there wasn't the resources out there. There wasn't new tutorials. I was just making it up with a handy cam and a Mac. Um, and so I made like 60 videos that spring, which was a lot on top of a full load of school. So the school took notice. They said, hey, we'll make you a position um, on student council. You're in charge of all the marketing. So, okay, great. So we did that. I did that for the next year at school. And then, you know, I never really took the whole thing seriously. I did go to the New York Film Academy during between my junior and senior year, um, you know, because I wanted to like, hey, make it official. Let's see if I've got some skills. And then, you know, I went out and got a regular job um, because that's, that's what you get. There was not really the gig economy like there is now. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit envious of the kids now that have all these opportunities. Gear is super cheap. I had a big like Canon XL1, you know, oh, giant man. style camera. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But like that was a baller camera back in the day. Um, but that's what I was using. And then, you know, hey, it just gets expensive. You don't get into weddings with four of those because that costs you $30,000 um, by the time you do all the extra stuff with it. So it just wasn't, it wasn't really viable for a kid right out of college. So I got regular jobs. Um, fast forward, you know, a bunch of years, the recession happens. I get laid off a bunch of jobs in a row because everybody was. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work for myself because at least I won't fire myself. Um, my company won't go under because I'm doing freelance, right? So did that. I turned that into some full-time jobs doing video for churches, um, which is a whole other story that I won't go into because I grew up in the church world. So it's, it's a unique thing. It doesn't bother me, but there's, it is some, there's a really unique environment to work in if you ever dip your toe into that world. Um, in 2015, um, my wife and I were looking at each other. She had started doing photography for weddings um, about three years earlier. I'd helped her a little bit. We'd cross-trained each other on some photo and video. We kind of looked at each other and we were like, hey, we should just make this a thing and just go full-time and do it. So we've been, go we've been entirely both full-time in our business since 2015. Um, we specialize specifically in doing photo and video at the same time at the same event so you hire us for your wedding you're getting her and her second shooter and me and my second shooter and an assistant and we're producing you all your photo and video content for your wedding day um our big thing is making our styles match um you know because we just had a lot of experience with that thing not happening when you're working with other vendors um but our our main focus is ways that we can make the client experience better and for us one of those is getting to avoid all of those shots that you see posted online where it's like hey the photographer was standing in my shot or you know in the photography groups they do the same thing guys it's hey this stupid videographer set up this stupid light and was blowing out all my shots and wasn't talking to me and was just a rude jerk well it goes both ways so we decided hey we're going to work together the same company doing both and there's none of that stuff and so we use it as a selling point to our couples, like, hey, just hire one team. We all work nice together. 
you'll get a better end product and you'll have a better experience on your wedding day. So we take, we actually take turns when there's like that perfect sunset and lens flare hitting the right spot. We take turns. Really nice. That's perfect. So that's that's kind of our journey is we've gotten to this point where we, we fully do both. We're both cross trained in both and we both take both products very seriously. So it is a full, we take the video product very seriously. We take the photo product very seriously. Neither one is an add on there. This is what you're getting. So how, how important, how important is having a photo background when you get into video? You know, I think, I think that it can be helpful um, with the composition. Um, sometimes I think that we as video guys can get too hung up on trying all of the tricks and trying all of the gadgets. Um, sometimes I think that the photo, the thing that's nice about photography is that you're limited to just like you're capturing a moment rather than with video, you're capturing, you're kind of capturing like vignettes or like this experience. And so you, you know, you have more flexibility. So there's a lot of things that are great about video, but photography forces you to just, you're capturing this single moment and you've got this one, this one little bit where you're capturing the story. And so I think it can be good to have experience in both because it kind of forces you to make sure that you're not just leaning all the way over into all of the video guide tropes or all the way over into all of the photography stuff. I, I think it's beneficial to, to understand the processes for both. Okay. Well, here's what I think. <laughs> Go for it. Here's what I think. I feel like videographers need to get into at least the basics of photography because from from what i've been seeing like whenever i see bts footage online or uh, actual wedding videos that i see online it's just the composition isn't it enough for me to be like oh it's worth the money that whatever the couple paid you because i've been seeing a lot of glide lately and it's like the whole wedding it's just shot in yeah. glide in slow motion and it's yeah. always just wide with like a 16 to 35 or something like that and i'm like yeah. guys you need to make sure that your compass i i know it looks great that you're like a you're like a freaking pigeon flying in and out of a shot but you know having having that dynamism when it comes to shooting is also it also involves composition right so I, that's why I feel like people need to get into photography. I, I don't know. Totally. So let me, uh, let me ask you, how do you feel about, because I always felt like videographers need to get into photography because number one, it helps with our composition. But also number two, I feel like we charge more than photographers when it comes to, or at least we should charge more when it comes to like bringing equipment and you know having all this experience and i feel like having that photo background adds to the value not the price but adds to the value that you're bringing to the couple how do you feel about that i think well i think there's a couple things going on with that i think that the i think that really the prices for video should be higher 
Um, I think that one of the places where video guys get stuck is um, we get stuck further downstream when it comes to like the wedding hiring process. Um, does that make sense? You understand what I mean when I say that? Yeah. Like, so there's, you know, there's kind of like the order of how people hire stuff. They hire their venue. Uh, they usually get their dress and then usually they're looking for the photographer and then, you know, two or three other things. And then, Oh, if we have money left over. It's the video guy. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think the place where the industry is missing is missing the boat is on client education about what actually goes into good video stuff. Brides are getting their information about video from the not. And it's like, oh, hey, the average videographer is going to cost you $2,000 a year. It's like, dude, I don't roll out of bed for $2,000 for a wedding <laughs> video. That's in my associate. Um, you know, because there's just too much stuff that goes into it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, are there people that are going to do it? Sure. But you're going to get some college kid who's just starting out and he's not going to have done this 150 times. He's going to have done this twice. And so he's not going to know what to do when his thing breaks or when it's windy or when there's not power right at the spot where he needs it. Like all of these kinds of things that experienced guys like us who have been doing this for a long time that we know and we just we don't even think about it anymore because we've been doing it for so long. Of course, you have battery backups and of course you have redundancy and of course you bring a whole suitcase full of power stuff. Um yeah. So it's one of those things where I feel like the industry as a whole, we all need to be better at educating our clients and educating even the blogs that are out there. You know, guys, go start writing guest posts on blogs and just tell people all the stuff that you have to do to make a good product. If there isn't a magic button and we're not sitting here with iPhones, you know, then piecing it together in iMovie. Like this is a legitimate thing. We're making you a wedding film that is supposed to last you for the next 20 years, at least. That's know. great. That's great. Cause, uh, depending, on how media, depending on how media works out. Like, it's one of, that's one of those things where it's like longevity. I don't know. I'm going to host this for as long as video and YouTube are a thing. Yeah. If they're not, I'll figure out, I guess, where to move it. But then it's on you. But it, this is something that's supposed to last. Like, this isn't something that you're just making for the likes on Instagram or the bump in your page likes on Facebook because you posted a new video this week. This is something that's for the client and it's their story, their legacy. They're going to show it to their kids. And if all of the things in the world keep on working, their grandkids, like you're making it for them. This isn't about showing off you and your skills. Make the thing for the client. Spoken like a true pro. Sorry, that, that was, that was, that was got a bit ranty, but. Hey, that's, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like at the end of the day, it has to be about the client and yeah. You know, you could we could always talk about like guys, we should raise our rates and make sure that we get paid properly. But you know, the, the also the one thing that people forget is the value you bring to the table. Is it yes. how's your are, are you are you sure that your the these videographers are going to show up? If you hire like a college kid, are you sure that he's going to be able to edit it on time? You know, people need yeah. to know that you have you're bringing in value when you charge more and that's that's how it has to be like it has to be for the couple you're you we're in the service industry still so we yes. have to serve first customer service customer service and what we're selling 
It's not a necessity. This is a luxury product. Doesn't yeah. matter if your price is a thousand dollars or if your price is twenty thousand dollars. You're a luxury product. Their life can go on without a wedding video. It's better with a wedding video, but you're a luxury product. Behave like you're selling a luxury product. Yeah. You know, meet their needs, ask them questions, but also assert yourself as the expert. I feel like a thing that I see in a lot of photography groups, because we're in all those groups too, is video guys have this reputation of just being like the dumb guy that shows up and sticks a camera on a tripod and lets it roll and is happy with whatever happens in front of his camera and then packs it up and leaves because they don't care. They're just there to make, you know, their seven or $800 and then walk out the door. Um, break, let's break that. Let's break that perception because I hate that perception. Yeah. Um, so, you know, be friends with photographers and Hey, you know what? There's, there's jerks in the photography groups and there's jerks in the video groups. Make it your job to be not the jerk and just go work with them. They're nice people. Um, you can work on both sides of the aisle and everybody can be friends. And then great things can happen and your clients get a better day and a better service because you're all working together. That's that's exactly how you know that's how we got into our business is because that was really hard, but we looked at each other and we're like, hey, we're a husband and wife. Not only can we model, you know, maybe a husband and wife working together really well for these young couples who haven't ever been married before, but we can, I can shoot my wife a glance or she can give me the look from across the aisle. And I know that I better move out of the way because she's trying to get a shot. Um, and it's just, it's just a better overall experience if you, if you reach out and you work with somebody instead of sitting back and, complaining about how it's not going the way that you think it should go in your head but didn't ever actually express yeah you're you you always have just like what mike tyson said <laughs> everyone always has a plan until they get punched in the face and usually <laughs> right yeah. usually you're prepped like okay as soon as i walk in i know exactly how to talk to the photographer blah 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 yeah. and you come in and it's just like a totally different scenario And yeah. for us, since we do high volume, we actually have a training workshop just for that. Like we, okay, this is how we're going to deal with the photographers. Perfect. Make sure you kill them with kindness. So anyway, the, yeah. it's, it's, awesome. I, I, I love that you're talking about the us being a luxury item because this is exactly why I wanted, I, I invited you because being a luxury, uh, a luxury brand for everyone, you kind of have to find the best bang for your buck when you're yeah. dealing with costs, right? And yeah. it, when when I saw DaVinci Resolve, I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. Like, I can't believe yeah. this exists. Like when when they showed me uh, 8K footage on the timeline on a regular yeah. computer and it wasn't yeah. choking, I was sold. Like, Okay, how much am I going to pay for this? And they're like, "Oh no, it's it's free," and that yeah. just—I almost pissed my pants <laughs> when no, I, I was on right? the floor. So this is why yeah. I wanted to talk to you. So before we get into yeah. Da Vinci, I sure. want I want the listeners to get a background of the 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 software that you've dealt with over the years, sure. just so they know that you have the experience. Sure. Um... So I started, you know, I mentioned in my little intro, I went to the New York Film Academy. I'm pretty sure that the year I went, I mean, somebody internet fact check it, but I think 
it was two, it was 2003. Yeah, because I graduated in 2004. So it was 2003. I think that was Final Cut 5 that I got certified on. Um, could be wrong. I'm sure I am. But anyway, it was a long time ago, and it was an original Final Cut. Um, that's what I cut my teeth on was, you know, the Final Cut studio, you know, motion, all that kind of stuff. And it was great. I was one of the ones, I was an early adopter. I jumped onto the Final Cut bandwagon when Apple burned the whole thing down and everybody got pissed. And they were like, this is terrible, blah, blah. Final Cut 10, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of positive things that go on in this. Um, it's super fast and it's native and I, there's a lot of things I like. So I was trying it. But Apple kept on messing with how you stored your files. And that was really bothering me because that was about the time I was working at a church. And so I was doing a ton of projects and I, I was responsible for organizing all the media. And I was spending more time organizing my data because they changed something every six months than I was doing my regular work. And so that was making me mad. So I finally was just like, you know what? Forget it. Apple doesn't care about me. I'm going to go jump ship and I'm going to just do Adobe Premiere because I've heard great things. They're coming along, blah, blah, blah. So I used Premiere for probably three years or so. And maybe longer than that, um, but about three years. And, you know, they switched over to their creative cloud thing where you're paying for a monthly subscription, which, hey, that's fine if you work at a company, but if you work for yourself, I can start to add up. So, you know, you're, you're ending up paying 600 bucks because, you know, as a video guy, you can't just have Premiere, you got to have Premiere and, you know, all the other stuff They keep on adding more and more software. Um, but what I discovered in this journey of trying to make video and photography match with my life, because we are doing both, um, I could never get consistent results in Premiere. Um, not only was I having issues with stability because Adobe has never done the full reset like Apple did. I think Apple's, their dividends are paying now. Like their software is great, fast. It's a different way to work sometimes, but it's a really great program, Final Cut 10, um, for, for the really fast turnarounds and the not super large projects, I'd recommend anybody use that if you've got a Mac. Premiere is so unstable and inconsistent to me that I, I was just getting so frustrated and so mad. I was reinventing my color workflow every other wedding or every other commercial project just to try to get something consistent. I would export and even ProRes wouldn't look anything like what it looked like in Premiere. Um, you know, media encoder would crash all the time. It was just, it was a train wreck. It would, it doesn't handle, it didn't handle 4K footage well. I shoot everything in 4K and then scale down. It was a nightmare with 4K. So I was just getting super frustrated to the point where I wanted to quit. And then out of the clear blue sky, Blackmagic decides that they're going to turn DaVinci Resolve into a full nonlinear editor with DaVinci 14. And so I looked at that and I looked at my wife and I said, hey, I know we don't have a ton of money to go and like buy a whole new software and you'd be mad at me for switching software in the middle of wedding season. But you know what? I'm going to spend the 300 bucks. I'm going to jump in full on on studio and I'm just going to do it. And you know what? The beta of DaVinci 14 was more stable than full versions of Premiere that I've been using for three years. I cannot believe that. And I, I have not looked back since then. I started off round tripping a little bit like I'd, I'd build in premiere and then i'd round trip it over to resolve and finish it over in resolve but after after like two times of doing that i was like why i can just build it in resolve and it's way faster and more stable and i don't have to deal with all these extra files and keeping track of stuff so 
So that's what I do know. I've been in, I've been in Resolve since the beta of 14. And um, after this, after what, two years now of being in Blackmagic, I, I trust them enough that literally when they announced 16, I downloaded the beta and I'm working in it right now. And I have had it not crash since I got it, what, two weeks ago now? Um, and I've been working in it like nonstop, like 12 hours a day for the last two weeks because it's wedding season again. And, you know, that's what I do. So, yeah, so it has, DaVinci itself has not crashed. My computer crashed actually last night during the render, but the program itself, solid as a rock. Haven't had a problem. So I haven't, I haven't looked back. That's my software journey. I've used them all. Ultimately, I would say that they're all different tools for different purposes. However, I have no, I have no reason that I would ever want to use Premiere. I still have After Effects because every once in a while you need After Effects, and I haven't learned how to use Fusion. You know, that's built in is basically, as far as I can tell, ninety percent of what you use After Effects for is built into DaVinci Resolve now. So once I teach myself that, I'm probably going to cancel my Adobe subscription for all the video stuff. So. Oh my gosh. Anyway. So anyway. That's that's me in a nutshell. That's crazy because they just showed uh, for the 16. Is it the 16 that came out th this year? Yep. They showed me the the software that's built into the studio that's like After Effects. Yep. What what yep. was that program it's called, called? It's called Fusion. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and still my understanding of it. And again, I'm not like. I'm not like Mr. Motion Graphics. I've done enough stuff where I can get by and I can fake it. And if a client wants something, I'll buy a template and I'll modify the crap out of it and make a thing for them. But I have not learned Fusion. My understanding is that Fusion has been its own like super high-end program and Blackmagic basically just bought it and folded it in. So it's like the guys who demoed it for me last year when they folded it in, he was a Fusion expert that the black magic hired to be on the floor to show off the fusion stuff. He's like, yeah, I found out about this a week ago and I'm just used to fusion. I don't know anything about black magic or DaVinci resolve. I'm like, Oh, okay. You're a fusion guy. Didn't know that there were fusion guys. Um, so it's its own thing. As far as I know, I'd have to do more research before I could talk before I could feel like I could talk confidently about how that whole thing works. But I just know that there is a thing built into resolve that lets you do the After Effects stuff at a very high level. They were doing a demo and it was nuts, but we're going to get yeah. into that in a bit. But yeah. so I, yeah. I now I'm, I wonder how hard was it to move from, since you have both have experiences from Final Cut and Adobe, how hard is it to transfer? Like, can you, while you're working on Premiere or Final Cut, can you just transfer everything and just start on DaVinci, like, immediately? Or should you, how hard is it? Um, now, it's actually easier. If you're going to move from Final Cut to DaVinci, it's actually easier because Final Cut finally fixed their XML. Um, so, before, like, there was there was an error, like, every time. For the last two years, until, until about four months ago, when, uh, with Final Cut's last update, they uh, they finally fixed their XML. So you can now bring projects straight from Final Cut into Resolve without any problems. Um, you've always been able to do it with Premiere. Um, I still use Pluralize to sync all my footage. So I still use that. And then I export, you know, a Premiere-based XML because they haven't, you know, they don't have the DaVinci one or whatever. So 
So I use that. And then um, that, I just bring that in. My timelines are synced and that's it. But it's, it's not hard. Um, you know, if you have a whole ton of projects, you're going to go back into your whole back library. I mean, all it'll take is the amount of time that it takes to export XMLs of your projects and re-import them into DaVinci. Man, I wish you could see me because I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> You're talking about this, how easy it is, and it's 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 just mind blowing. Like I Super wish now, there are going to be some things from the newer Adobe stuff that probably won't translate one to one. Um, you know, because they've they've done a lot more integration with um, like Premiere and After Effects. So I don't know how like an After Effects sequence that's in Premiere has like you know, their links, their dynamic links. I don't know how that'll translate in an XML because I haven't done it. I haven't needed to. Um, so when I say it's easy, it's easy for what I do. I do mostly cinematic stuff and mostly straight edits. I do not do a lot of extra fancy things. Um, I don't do, you know, green screens or any of that kind of stuff. So, so when I say it's easy, it's easy for at least the basic stuff of what I do. The more complicated stuff that you do in Premiere, the less I can say that it will necessarily work once in a while. So give it a try, but result is free. So literally it will cost you nothing but a little bit of time. Yeah. So this is pretty much for wedding videographers. So it's perfect that you're clarifying right. that. Yeah. And the fact that yeah. it's free, because I'm, I'm, I'm online right now and I'm looking at the comparison between DaVinci and Premiere and it's just yeah. like nuts. Like it, for yeah. me, I'm paying uh, two subscriptions for Premiere which means I have four in the office and I'm paying like $120 a month for this, which is if I just downloaded DaVinci Resolve for free, it's just, it's crazy. Like I could do the exact same thing without, because Premiere has been giving us like problems whenever it comes to like exporting and uh, every time they upgrade, they update their software. It's just, it's just so frustrating because like right now when we export a full a full feature for our clients usually it does real time but then after the upgrade it was it takes like three times the amount of time to export and it's just so frustrating have you ever had that when you when you did that to davinci but before we get into that i just want to thank you for being a loyal listener you don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour a Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash weddingvideoboss or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. The thing that I noticed the most about exporting um is that i felt like i had a i feel like i have a lot more control over it 
in DaVinci, especially now with version 16. Um, I mean, they've come a long way in the last few years. Let's not pretend that version 14 was like a perfectly polished, you know, bottle of awesomeness. There was a, there was a lot of quirky stuff that was weird and broken, but it was still stable and it still gave me consistent color results and the interface makes more sense to me. So I was willing to get past some of the weird broken stuff. So let's be honest, every software has weird broken stuff. There's quirks in everybody's favorite program. So we, but we as editors, we just learn how to live with the quirks in our own favorite platform. Um, that being said, back to your question, did I notice anything like, no, when they do an update, I don't notice any change other than the change log that they list of like, hey, here's the new features. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let me go check out where the new features are. But I've never noticed it like, oh, yeah, this used to take, you know, an hour to render and now it takes six. Or I'm exporting this thing and I'm getting these crazy color shifts. Like, no, that doesn't happen. That's it's amazing. not my experience. That's Clearly, amazing. there's people that still have problems with random stuff because, you know, there's forums. And, of course, people there's always something that's going to have a problem. Everything has problems because it's software and computers. But I personally have not had anything like that happen to me. So you're, you're – so I guess I, I, I'm wondering now, Da Vinci, when it started out, was it an editing software or is it like a color grading software? DaVinci has always been a color grading software. Like it's, it's for colorists and they had like some basic editing stuff. Um, and I, it was one of those things where like, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to some things. And I always had on the back of my mind that I wanted to learn DaVinci Resolve because I like good color and I like it to be consistent. Um, and, you know, especially on wedding days where you're shooting in 18 different kinds of environments over the course of an entire day where the light changes so much. Um, especially here in Phoenix, because every day is going to, almost every day is going to be sunny. And so you're dealing with the full range of full sun at, you know, noon when you get started all the way through the dark at night. Because everybody gets, gets married outdoors here. And so you're always dealing with these huge shifts in light and color temperature over the course of your 10 hour wedding day. Um, and so color consistency was always very difficult to get. With this, there's an interface that just makes sense to me. It's more like editing photos when it comes to color. Like if you've ever used Lightroom, it feels a lot more like working in Lightroom. Wow. Even, and even than Premiere's tools. Premiere for the last two years, Adobe at their booth, they keep on saying, oh yeah, we make it more like working in Lightroom. No, you don't. Trust me. <laughs> well, my wife, who's a photographer, I taught, I brought her into Resolve. And at first she was hesitant because she hated working in Premiere. She's like, I don't understand this program. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how to adjust anything. I can't find anything. That was in Premiere. I switched her over to Resolve and she learned how to do it in an afternoon. Wow. Because she was like, hey, these, these sliders and these color wheels and these tools, like the curves and all that stuff, this is just like in Lightroom. I know what I'm doing and I don't even have to know what I'm doing because I can manipulate this thing that looks like it does what it's supposed to do and I can see it happening on my screen and it makes sense that this is what it's doing. I don't have to like layer this thing and then layer this thing and then layer this thing. Like it's one node and I can just do everything that I want to do and it's done and it's right there. I don't have to hunt around. So she 
loves it. She tried to use Final Cut yesterday for something super quick. She was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is horrible. She actually ended up trashing that project and restarting it in Resolve and got it done in an hour. That's that's crazy. Okay. Because it's just easy. Anyway, sorry. See, that's the thing. Like, for me, since we do... This this job that we have has to be easy all the way, right? And it it that's the reason why we buy all these expensive equipment and all these expensive software is because it just it has to make our job easy. So for me, it doesn't make any sense for me to pay something that is just gonna give me headaches along the way, like every time. So for me, that's why I wanted to make sure that before we decide to just jump ship and go go Da Vinci, I wanted to ask you. So here's, here's something I would, I, I broke this down when I was talking to a photographer because they were asking, like, they wanted to dip their toe in a video and they were like, okay, so what software should I do? Like, well, first, aside from the price, DaVinci's free, so you can find it, go give it a try. But if you want to know, here's kind of how I break down the three main softwares. I'm going to ignore Avid because that's for feature films. And I mean, let's be real, you don't really need the extra Avid stuff unless you're, you know that you need Avid. So let's just go with the three. There's Final Cut 10, there's Premiere, and there's Resolve. Final Cut 10 is for if you need something really fast. It is great if you have your shortcut keys memorized, you're on a Mac, and it's native. It is crazy fast. I have a friend who can, he can go from zero to a com completed commercial in like four hours because he just knows it backwards and forwards. If you want something for like an engineer kind of brain, I think Premiere will work fine for you. If you want something that to me is more conducive to creating art, then I think you should use Resolve. We personally make things that are more handcrafted. I don't do like, hey, I'm always going to have this process for my wedding films. I make everything entirely custom every single time. There is no formula. I get a feel for the day. I pick music that kind of replicates the feel and then I edit to the music. Resolve lets me do that and I don't feel like I'm boxed in. Premiere made that difficult because it was very um, engineer-like. You do this and then you have to do this and then you have to do this. Resolve, it just feels more flexible to me. And, you know, everybody's got their own way of working. That's just how I break down the differences. Okay. The the way you said that, I feel like the listeners are going to be like, no, nah, he's probably endorsed by Da Vinci. Just want to nope. make sure that... Nope, totally not. Okay. <laughs> I wish. Because it's beautifully Cause said. Like, me, if they want to start sending me some money, I mean, I'm happy to take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll take no. one too. But um, yeah, when you said, you know, engineer brain for for Premiere and if you want something done fast for Final Cut, but then if you want to create art, you have to go Da Vinci. And it's just like, it's well said because from coming from your perspective, I know we were talking um, earlier when you were talking to your wife about colors. Like she didn't really understand the Kodak for video. And right. you found this. In, are you saying you found the solution in Premiere? Do you want to, uh, I mean, you, you found the solution in Da Vinci. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it's taken some, it's taken some experimentation, but I'm, because because they use, you know, if you're not familiar with DaVinci at all, um, in the color panel, it's all node-based. 
And this was a little bit of like kind of a brain teaser to kind of wrap your head around the, the whole node system rather than like layering effects on top of each other. But once you get used to the idea of nodes, it is extremely powerful. Um, it's very visual. And that's part of why I like it. Like, here's my desktop. And I'm, I'm able to try out all this different stuff on my desktop that's related to this particular clip. And I can move things around and I can change the orders of them really fast. I can do, I can do split on my colors and it's visual. And so, you know, you've got your input on the left hand side and then I can have it split into my colors. And so I can, I have a node that's just for my reds, just for my blues and just for my greens. And I can edit those independently. And then I have a combiner that combines them back together. And then I have, you know, now I'm editing the whole entire clip by itself. And then I can have another set of branches where over here it's going to do sharpening and it's going to do skin correction. And then on the other one, it's going to have my finishing LUT. And then at the very end, it's going to have my noise reduction. And so I can build this flow and I can very easily see, oh, this clip doesn't need this part. So I can take that off. This clip needs an extra thing so I can add it in. And because of how color works and because of how it's additive or destructive, I can know that, hey, it should go in front of this note or behind this note. And it's much more easy. It's just easier to sort than, you know, in Premiere or in Final Cut, you've got stacks of stacks of things and it's all in a panel and it's all keyframes and sliders and numbers. This is kind of like that, but I can visually see how all of my effects are affecting each other. And, okay. understand, and understand the interactions between them. And so that lets me create a much more finely tuned grade or correction on my clip so that I can get the result that I want to get. Okay. I, whenever I edit in Premiere, I usually put like an adjustment layer on top of the, the yep. clips just so I could just too. like, you know... Just one, put just one. Sometimes I don't really need to color every single clip. Is that is there something right. like that for Da Vinci? Totally. So, so like when I when I've got a section, and I usually do this to just the whole timeline because I shoot everything in log, right? I mean, I'd say that probably most of us do at this point. Um, I group everything together, and here's the thing: I don't even use. I would say I probably don't use. 60% of the way more powerful organization stuff because I'm not using it like a true colorist doing a film, you know, but there's, there's a million different ways that you can organize your stuff in this program. It's extremely powerful. It's metadata and it's collections and grouping and all that kind of stuff is kind of mind blowing. Um, however, for me as a one man band, I don't need a lot of that for you as a team, you should look into that because it'll be super helpful. But to answer your question, yeah, I just group everything together. So, so if I've got, you know, 180 pieces of footage, I'll select all of them, I'll right-click on it, and I'll say add the group. And so now in my color panel, um, there's going to be a section where you're doing all the color grades for the group, which is kind of like an adjustment layer, except way more flexible. Um, and then there's... Uh, you know, your per clip edit. So as I'm going through my timeline, doing my color correction, um, on each clip, they have their own panel with its whole set of color grades. But then there's another panel with where you're doing stuff for the whole entire, everything that's in that group. And you can have as many groups as you want. I just usually use one. So there's the pre-clip set of corrections. 
there's your individual clip corrections, and then you can have post clip group corrections, and then you can finally have whole timeline corrections. So it is very, very um, modular if you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. So is this interface? Have you ever have you ever uh, dabbled into Magic Bullet, the Red Giant software? A little bit, um, and I found a little bit. I mean, I I had that stuff when I was using Premiere, so I mean, okay. I, I still have it. Like, I still use um, I still use Cosmo as my skin correction. Oh, um, so you could use it? Oh yeah, totally. All the Magic Bullet stuff is is able to be a plug-in and resolve. Oh my gosh! Okay, then <laughs> that's great. Now you can news. Re you can recreate most of what that plugin will do in resolve because the masking and uh selection tools are just a lot better in my experience but but yeah if you've got cosmo it makes it easy to just drop on there and, and you've got it done okay so i uh, that's the only one of them that i still use i i have the other ones but i don't use them anymore okay uh, that's good to know because i i paid for magic bullet oh, yeah. I paid like 800 bucks or something for it oh yeah Yep, me too. That's, okay. And that's the thing about Premiere is like not only are you paying a subscription, but then to get it to do all the stuff that you originally signed up to get, you got to pay all this extra money. And same thing with After Effects. It's like, dude, After Effects by itself is not what's used in Hollywood. After Effects plus $30,000 worth of plugins is what's used in Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. That's nuts. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. So I, yeah. Okay. So and not endorsed by anybody. I'm <laughs> just, I, my personality, I, I do research. I come to conclusions and then I sound like I'm just very forceful on the conclusions. I, people can do whatever they want. I just can tell you what my experience is and the reasons why I have my opinion. I feel like whenever <laughs> you start talking about Da Vinci, I should put like a sound bed underneath with like romantic music because it's just like, yeah. it's just yeah. like music. So okay, I want to ask you if there are there any unique features that DaVinci has as a compo uh, compared to the other ones. Are there any? I mean, I would say that it's I don't know about I mean unique features. Have you have you downloaded the free version and messed around with the color section? Uh not a lot, but yeah, okay. I I've messed around with it and I I was just once, blown away. Once you dip your toe into the into the color tab, um, that will kind of blow your mind. Once you kind of figure out the power of how specific you can get and how fine tuned you can get, Premiere and Final Cut can't hold a candle to it. Um, I would say that After Effects probably can't either but I'm not an After Effects wizard, so I can't categorically say that. The, what I would also kind of say is that this, to me, this feels like it treats color kind of like the difference between um, vector graphics and raster graphics. So you know how vector graphics, it's, it's light and it doesn't take a ton of resources to process it because it's, it's native and it's flexible, right? It's resolution mm -hmm. independent. That's how doing color in here feels versus doing color in the other programs feel. The other programs make color feel like you're dealing with raster graphics, like it's 
imposing its will on the footage. This is like I'm I'm bringing something out of the footage that exists, and it you know it's a much it's a much cleaner process. It it's hard to say that that's like a unique feature because hey you're still doing color grading and you can accomplish the same thing in the other one. I would say the unique the unique feature is is the um, is the interface for how you do color grading. The other new feature um, in their, you know, in version 16, they just added that whole new cut panel, which they, I don't know if they demoed that for you or not um, at NAB, but in my little bit of dabbling with it, I haven't had a lot of time. It seems like they basically took all of the really fast stuff from Final Cut and just made it its own tab so the so whereas before i said hey you know da vinci is kind of like for creating art and you know premiere might be more for like an engineer brain because you're in these boxes and you move from box to box da vinci has a very systematic way of working down at the bottom there's seven panels and you know you've got media at the beginning cut which is like your super fast rough edit edit, which is like your, your regular editing, fusion, which is for your effects, and then your color grading, and then a whole audio panel called Fairlight, which is fantastic. I stopped using Audition because I just use Fairlight. It's got everything I need. Oh and gosh. then it's got delivery. So it literally works you through the seven major steps of your post-production workflow, ingestion through delivery. So if you want to look at it that way, that's unique because it's all done in one program and it's all kind of organized for you in a very clear way. Um, Adobe's approach to doing that same thing is they're going to bury you in software. So I think right now, if you were to follow Adobe's plan, I mean, they have a whole different program and interface for editing different kinds of video. Like they want you to use, a, uh, what is it, like Adobe Rush or whatever to do social media ones. And they want you to use Prelude to do rough cuts and then bring it over into Premiere to do real cuts and then go back and forth with After Effects to do any sort of like cool effects and then round trip it over to Color to do color and then, you know, bring it to Audition to do your sound. Like, I don't want to deal with seven programs. I want it to just be right here. So, you know, Final Cut's approach is they don't have the full featured um settings or capabilities in each one of those. So while you can do a lot of it, in, from what I've found, I can't do all of the things that are in all those programs. I mean, Adobe's done fine. They have all that stuff in all those different softwares. I personally just don't like dealing with seven pieces of software because it's annoying and takes too much time. So to me, that's another unique feature is you got everything it's in one program and I'm not opening and closing a bunch of stuff and trying to figure out like, okay, where was, where was I last on this project? Just, I open up one program and all my stuff is here, and yeah. I, I I like that. So if that's the if that's a feature, then there's a unique feature. Actually, that's that's a good point. I I, I just remembered that it's all in tabs instead of like opening yeah. every single program. It's just one tab. Yeah. Right? It's just like separated yeah. in tabs in one software. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just so people have an idea of, um, because I I don't want them to think that. Oh man, I need to buy like a powerful computer to to use DaVinci. Can you 
tell us what the specs of your computer right now is? <laughs> sure. If you do, I've no. Got, yeah, no, I've got a 2015 iMac, uh, uh, the 27-inch 5K iMac. Um, at the time, it was top of the line. So, I mean, if I were to go, let me go into about this Mac. Uh, I've got a quad-core 4 gigahertz um, Intel iCore 7. Um, I have the extra memory that you can get from other world computing. So I have 64 gigabytes of memory. I have an internal solid state drive. I've got the, I've got a four gigabyte graphics card and, um, and then I edit everything off of a 12 terabyte, um, OWC, uh, what do they call it? Like a thunder raid or something like that. I don't know. There was a, there was a conversation about raid not too long ago. Um, but that's what I use is, is that. Um, and I could go more into like the kinds of hard drives and why, but that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, it's, okay. it's something fancy. It's a late 2015 27-inch uh, iMac. And you edit with 4K footage. I edit with 4K footage. However, it should be noted for anybody listening, use the proxy system. Just make your life so much easier and just convert everything to proxies do your edits with proxies and then go and do your um, effects and stuff on your 4K footage. I can play back multiple layers of untouched 4K footage. So when I'm playing back a sync timeline and it's, you know, four cameras deep or whatever, I can play that back fine in 4K on the IMAX I have, which is kind of amazing to me. Once I start adding effects on multiple layers of 4K footage, it starts to choke down pretty hard. Um, but what the way that I work, I do my whole cut before I add any effects. And so that doesn't bother me because when I'm going and I'm doing my color correction, you know, I'm just like, Hey, here's a clip. You know, I'm kind of just bouncing around. I'm not really looking for playback. I'm just looking to see it in its fullest high resolution. Um, but to make your life that much easier, I convert everything to the 720p ProRes, um, and and just I usually do my rough edits off of that because it's just way faster. Um, and then I'll I also so I do I do kind of what Final Cut does in the background. You know how Final Cut automatically converts everything to ProRes so that it's working off the best possible footage instead of you know your MP4, H.264 codec or whatever. Um, so when I ingest everything, I just automatically bring it all in a compressor and convert everything to 720p ProRes and then full 4K ProRes. Um, and so I I work off of those two instead of my original H.264 footage. Um, okay. So that's like an that's like an external process. But as but as far as it goes, I mean, my now old computer can handle it just fine. Exporting with noise reduction really really makes it take a long time. So you know I'm not winning any speed races in that. You know it it sometimes takes ten or twelve hours. So I just set it to go overnight and. Yeah, whatever it's done in the morning. So what do I care? Okay. So have you ever tried exporting with full HD footage only? Like uh, shot in full HD and then exported in full HD? Oh, yeah. I mean, HD footage handles like a dream. Like it's, it's basically real time even okay. on my computer. I haven't, you know, I haven't done, I haven't done a ton where I'm like doing all the effects um, put on it. But even still, like, 4K sucks the life out of a computer if you don't do much with 4K and, and you're thinking about it. Just prepare for that. 
Um, but yeah, my my assumption is that it would do HD just fine without a problem. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. You, you, that you're so honest when it comes to the this topic. Hey, no problem. So before we before we end, I want to ask you about your new venture, which is because I recently found out that you went into doing Facebook ads. Can you talk yeah. a little bit more about that? Sure. I mean, look, here's the reality for, for all of us doing video stuff. Um, as you get older, uh, you don't, and maybe you do, maybe I'm just the only one, but I don't want to be doing weddings when I'm 50. I don't think I'll be physically capable of carrying, you know, a 15-pound gimbal for 10 hours in a day. Um, so uh, as part of our effort to, you know, think ahead and, and be proactive, we've been, we've been looking at different ways to transition our business. We're still doing both, but just different ways to transition our business and our life to, um, other stuff. And so kind of what we're doing now is, um, we are, we're working on lead generation specifically and ultimately Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising for small businesses. Um, you know, that can kind of be whatever small business is out there. Um, you know, it's, it's a need that we have felt ourselves over the years. And, and as we move from basically one customer service industry to another one, um, I think it hits a lot of the same things that I like about what we currently do. Um, you know, if I can help small business owners be able to spend more time with their families because they're not having to chase down clients, um, then I think that's great and my mission's accomplished. You know, kind of the tagline I'm doing is um, stop chasing your business so that you can just do more business um, because that's, that's really why we're all doing this, isn't it? I mean, nobody signed up to, to have to spend 52 weekends a year, you know, working 40 hours and not have a life. The whole point was when you got into it, you wanted to have the flexibility so that you would have a life and you know do cool stuff and serve clients or whatever. So, so if I can set up a business as I'm getting older and transitioning out, where I can help um, small business owners, video guys, um, realtors, kind of whatever, um, find new business that's more specifically in their niche. Like, how much better would your life be if you had? just 20 of those ideal clients, you know, who they are. Um, if you had 20 of those and they're willing to pay you more, how much better would that be than having to chase down like 60 clients where you don't like 40 of them and they're just annoying and you're, <laughs> you're doing it, but you don't really want to. You know you know who those people are. You yeah. know them. They're sweet. Um, so so, so if, I can help, if I can help people even, you know, in this industry that I've been in for a long time now, I can help people make their own lives better and not have to be so annoyed or tired or whatever and just spend more time with your kids, spend more time with your wife, go out to eat more, you know, hike a mountain that's not for work. Um yeah. then then I'm I'm happy to do whatever I can to help you do that. You know, being in this okay. industry is um it's it's always gonna be a process, this business we're in. And you're going to forget like the first three to five years of being in business. You're always thinking about like, Oh, what's my style. Okay. Now I, yeah. I, I need to sell this. And then you forget that, Oh crap. I need to promote this. I need to, yeah. I need to network. So there's so much stuff involved that it's actually good that other people are providing services for these things. And yeah. I, you know, having you, 
offering this to people is going to help people a lot because it's it's just so hard to be like you know a parent and or you're paying you're trying to make payments for your mortgage or your car and you, you there's so much stuff involved in generating leads and booking people so let me ask you. You don't want to have to learn a whole other business. I mean, you didn't get into the business that you're doing to then have to go learn how to advertise. Exactly. And, and the thing that we've experienced ourselves is that, look, it's getting harder and harder to differentiate yourself on just throwing content out there on social media because everybody's throwing content out there. You've got to target your content and you've got to make it more intentional. Um, you know, it's, otherwise, it's a never-ending race to the bottom. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I want to ask you. It's its own job. So why have to learn another job? Have let me help you. It's just too much work. Yeah, I'd rather just pay someone to do that for me. That's that's actually a good point. So let me ask you then: What are the common mistakes that you see people do when they post stuff online? Not necessarily ads, but more of like, "Hey, this is what we do. This is our business." What are what are the common mistakes that you see? You know, that's kind of, that can be a little bit tough and I don't want to step on anybody's toes because everybody's business is different. Everybody's market is different. Phoenix is a very different market than New York City or Los Angeles. So with that caveat out of the way, um, I think what people should do more of, and this is speaking specifically to video guys, I think that people need to be more confident in their brand and what they like to do and focus on that so that when the client comes and looks at your page and looks at your portfolio or wherever they, it is that they find you, because you've got that set up, I'm sure. If not, come and talk to me. Um, but when they look at your stuff, they've got to know what they're getting. You will book more if the client can know what they're getting. If you've got five different videos and all five of them look different from each other, why would I as a client hire you? Because I have no confidence that that I'm going to even know what it's going to look like. Um, I understand that there's the whole argument for like, hey, let the client, you know, it's their video, let them pick how it looks and all that kind of stuff. I would argue that they're hiring you to do what you do. You are an artist creating a piece of art that captures their day for them to share for years and years and decades. They're not hiring you to be the, hey, let me give you all the list of stuff that I want you to do for me. It's they're hiring you to capture the day and they need to be able to trust you as a professional. Um, and so if I go and I see, you know, a portfolio and it all looks the same, and I don't mean like, hey, it's this cookie cutter, like the first minute is getting ready and the second minute is this. I don't mean like edited the same way. I just mean like the look and the style of it are consistent. It doesn't have to be cookie cutter, but consistency is is where you're gonna make is where you're gonna make the money, and it's where you're gonna get people to book you. Um, keeping keeping those things consistent, and really, that's why we that's why I switched to Resolve because that's how I can make my color consistent and match photography, which is a harder thing than having to just match yourself in video because hey, you can kind of do whatever you want if you're just matching video. But if you're matching something else, that makes it even more specific. So that's why that goes back to why I switched. But 
what I would like to see more of, I mean, if it was just me, is be more confident in who you are when you are making your product and put that out there. Just say, look, this is what I do. Hire me for what I do. Um, don't hire me and then think that, hey, uh, I hired you, but I want you to do this thing. Why are you doing that? Yeah. You, they hired you to do this. Just do this. And yep. if they're not, if they don't want that, then tell them to, you know, give them some recommendations for some other people that they can use because you don't want to have to deal with that. They're going to be that client that's constantly bothering you and ask for more revisions and, and all that kind of stuff. If they hire you for who you are and what you do and they can trust that it's consistent, they're going to be happy. So it's a win-win. You're happy and doing less work. And they're happy because they got what they were expecting and you didn't even have to tell them because your portfolio told them. So be consistent. That's that's exactly how you stay alive in this business. Keep being consistent. Hey, that's good. That's good. Hey, uh, here's the thing. No one ever in the history of the world said... Oh, I'm going to hire this person because he his his work it looks like the other the competition. No one ever says that. Right. Exactly. So they always have to love your style and you never you should never force yourself to someone physically and <laughs> No, yeah. Yeah. Phys- you know, you don't force yourself because yeah, you're right. It's 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 an immediate red flag. This person is just going to have revisions. And it's just going to make your life a living hell. And you don't really want that as a small business owner because all you want to do is create art. And art is usually in the eye of the beholder. Like if your client sees your... That's why for me, I, I call I call our, I call call our Buffalo Video Wedding Videography because my job is to cover and film events. Now, if they want to call it cinematic, if they want to call it art, if they want to call it a film... That's a client's call. They're like, they, they give us, they email us and they say, oh my gosh, you're, it's just so beautiful and cinematic. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But for me, I, 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 I want to make sure that our consistency is in the product and the service that we, we do. And I love that you ended it with consistency because that's exactly that's the, key. the key. So, that's the key. So, be, so now that we're done, I would love the listeners to know how they could... Uh, contact you and if they need help with anything just just i want you i want you to promote your service and um sure yeah yeah the um i mean our wedding business i mean if you're a wedding videographer you probably don't need our wedding business but that's dan and aaron photo cinema um we've been around you know if you want to see stuff you want to see some you know what da vinci can do i can show you some four footage that i don't put out there versus what it ended up looking like if you want to see some of that kind of stuff i can do that for you um, but if you want help with, um, that's Dan and Aaron at dephotocinema.com. That's our main like wedding videography website, wedding videography and photography, um, for, for marketing and advertising and that kind of stuff. Um, the main place right now is just my Facebook page. Um, you can either message me directly. It's just Daniel DeZego. That's my personal page, but it's also the name of my Facebook page, which is just Daniel DeZego. Um, either one of those. I'm on Facebook pretty much all the time now. Um, so, yeah, just message me there and I'll get back to you. Usually, I think Facebook says I respond within an hour now, so I'm, I'm up on that badge. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Um, 
as far as that goes, if you want to email me, I mean, if that's easier, I'm not going to give out my phone number. You can direct messaging for that. But, you know, my email is dan at bizego.net. Um, I'm still building my website, so <clears throat> I don't have I don't have that built out yet. But my Facebook page is the best way to do it. It's just Daniel Bizego. Um, you'll see it's a picture of me as the icon. And, um, yeah, there's not even a ton on there yet. But it's it's because I've just been doing the work instead of, you know, building my Facebook page, which is, you know, how it always goes. Wedding videographers never have their own wedding video, do they? Yeah. So, uh, but that's just kind of how it goes is, uh, but yeah, if you want more information, that's really the best way to get a hold of me is um, message me on Facebook directly and I'll get back to you pretty quick. Um, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. If you want to talk about branding, we've gone through a lot of different courses on branding. Um, if you want to talk about how to do all kinds of social media stuff, we have a lot of different ideas about how to do social media stuff. Um, but mostly I'm focusing on how to bring in leads and clients that you actually want to work with. Um, and we do that by figuring out who you are, what you want to do, and then who those people are that actually book your services. I build target audiences. Um, and then we, we just run ads the nice thing about working with video guys is that uh everybody has content to give you so you know i can actually use um video advertising instead of just like still images so um so that should be pretty sweet so you you can get a lot more bang for your buck with um with video advertising but yeah. anyway but we can have a lot of conversations about that best way to contact me though is through my facebook page if you want um advertising or uh, you know online presence help so make sure that if, if you have a simple question, it's easy for – make sure to contact him. But if it's a very complicated, career-changing one, make sure you pay for their time because their time is very important. So, yeah, so, yeah of course. Uh, and then, yeah, um, so, um, yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this, and I cannot wait to test uh, Da Vinci out because of what you just said. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. This was this was cool. I like talking about things where I've I've gone through a lot of experience, and if I can, if my experience can help somebody out, and you can avoid all of the different things I've had to go through, then then mission accomplished for my end. So thanks for having me. This was this was cool for sure. So thanks, Dan. All the best. You are very welcome. So the beauty of this is that we have another alternative. And as small business owners, everything has to be cost effective. And if the program we're paying is not really delivering what a paid program should deliver, there is always a free program that works well. And I could guarantee you, I mean, you know, there's, there's bugs and stuff, but wh which program doesn't? So having this option is really good, not only for your business, but also for your creativity. With that being said, thank you for listening. And I hope this episode was really helpful for you. It would be great to hear your thoughts about today's episode. So please feel free to reach out. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a review and I'll see you on the next Wedding Video Boss podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man out.
Josh, man. 